0: Hey, welcome back to our loyal and faithful listening audience out there in listener land. I am Jake Wiskirchen, the host of this podcast, and you are listening to Noggin Notes. And this is a follow-up to last week's episode on anxiety, and it's not really new information. It's actually a reboot of the fear episode in our 13-part series at the very, very beginning of when we kicked this thing off. And the reason we're doing this is because we had a lot of people reach out to us asking um, what... Is the cause of anxiety? How how can we help stop this before it starts? In other words, and I thought the, a lot of those contacts were um, were, were really insightful, uh, whether they be emails or uh, personal you know, conversations that I had or, or text messages. But people were basically saying, "That's great that we know how to stop anxiety, you know, once it starts." But how can we stop it before it starts? And I thought, well, all you have to do is go listen to our uh, our emotional series. And uh, and understand how your emotions work. So we thought that it would benefit everybody just to to revisit the uh, the concept of fear, where it comes from, and and so forth. So. We're gonna do that this week in the spirit of uh, following up the anxiety episode because most anxiety is rooted in fear. Some of it's rooted in excitement, but um, that's that's not typically the case. Uh, sometimes we can over-anxietize ourselves uh, in anticipation of something that we, we really are looking forward to. But most of the time, it's out of a worry or a concern, something that's that's yet to come, and uh, then we're we're constantly having to balance you know, the the, the possibilities and the, and the outcomes that we don't want as opposed to those that we do and, and hence you end up with anxiety. So I invite you to listen to this episode on fear and then I also further invite you to go back if you're new to listening to us, maybe you joined us recently. Most of what we do is based in emotions and I would invite you to go back and listen to the episodes early on in our podcast uh, where we go through the 10 discrete emotions that we have in our brain. And really dive into those and really roll them around and flex them in your head. And I understand that some sometimes people might have a, a pushback to how we define emotions. Just understand that all of what I do, not all, I should, I should correct myself on that, most of what I do comes from a guy's research and his name is Carol Izzard. I also draw heavily on Brene Brown, and with respect to her uh, definition and interpretation of shame, as well as that of Christian Conti's definition and interpretation of shame, it's it's a little bit different from what Carol Izzard says, but r- just as a reminder, Izzard was talking about the biological function or the, the adaptive function of shame and guilt. So um, when I talk about emotions and, and when you listen to this fear episode, it's about the adaptive function of fear. It's not uh, some pop culture definition of fear as it relates to say uh, you know that, that will Smith movie uh, where he has the quote it says you know um, danger is very real you know but fear is a choice uh, that's not necessarily true w- when it uh, comes to neurology but um, those those nuanced debates aside I invite you to sit back and relisten and listen and uh, really plug into this fear concept and and understand how it uh, plays into anxiety. So that's why we're rebooting this. Um, it's, uh, it's a, it's a cool perspective from which to view the, the, um, experience of fear. And I, uh, I hope you gain something from it. So on behalf of the Naga Notes team and the Zephyr Wellness family, please enjoy this, uh, experience of learning about fear. I'm Jake Wiskerson, and we'll see you again in a week. Did I scare you? I hope so, but I also hope that I didn't scare you so much that you turn off the podcast. I'm Jake Wiskirchen, and this particular episode is going to be on fear, and that's why I started with the boo. Uh, sometimes ghosts will jump out and scare people, and I guess uh, that's that's the most universal application of fear that I could think of. So this is episode eight, and it is... Uh, I don't know what we're on here. One, two, three... I think this is the fourth episode for the uh, 10-episode series on emotions or 10-part series on emotions because there are 10 discrete emotions in our brains, and I'm trying to help people understand them all. So we're going to take them one at a time, and today's is about fear. Our sponsor is Zephyr Wellness. Check out ZephyrWellness.org. And if you want to send some listener mail, you can send it to info at zephyrwellness.org. And my staff at my company will make sure that it gets into my hot little hands so that I can read your questions on air and give them the best, uh, most thoughtful answers I can. Thanks for tagging along and listening. Uh, So far we've covered sadness and we've covered shame and guilt. And now we're moving into fear. And what is the what is the adaptive function of fear? What does fear tell us is going on in the environment? Well, simply stated, it tells us there's a threat or a danger present. So, I guess if people perceive ghosts as being uh, threats or uh, dangerous, then then they can have a, a, a response of being scared of them, and uh, maybe that's where we get the the boo from ghosts. But in regular life. We don't have a whole lot to be scared of these days, although there seems to be an increasing amount of anxiety throughout the, the country uh, where I live in the United States and across the globe. I keep seeing articles from Europe, uh, from Australia that talk about an increase in overall anxiety. And uh, I can say with a great deal of certainty that anxiety ha- does have its roots in fear. And chiefly, that, that fear is about a worry so if you're afraid of something that is yet to come, you're maybe fixating your thoughts on something in the future that uh, hasn't happened yet, and you're concerned about it. And that's, that's perfectly normal. People can get concerned about things that have yet to happen. But when it consumes you and it becomes a preoccupation, then it rises to a level of anxiety. And maybe if you have it go on for too long, it's, it's diagnosable, and maybe you need some treatment for it, and that's fine. We have ways to treat that kind of thing. But the understanding of of knowing that it's based in fear can be a great deal of help because if you know that fear is telling you that there's a threat or a danger present, you can move from the limbic system of your brain, the the middle part of your brain or the the rear where the fight-or-flight reflex is located, and you can transition into the frontal lobe where you can think reasonably and rationally and logical about what the fear is saying to you. And then you can take a look at your environment, you can take a look at your circumstances, your situation, and then determine whether or not it's a reasonable or a rational fear. And if it's not, if it's an irrational fear, for example, or if it's an unreasonable fear, then maybe you can change your mind or your perception on how you see what it is that's happening to you and maybe not be so scared or maybe not be so worried or concerned or anxious about it. Let me give some examples because I obviously like to give examples. If you've listened this far, you, you know that I'm good with metaphors. Well, I don't know if I'm good with them, but at least I, I use a lot of them. So if a danger or a threat is present, we typically see that as being a a danger or a threat to physical self or others, you know, people we care about. So one common example I like to give is, is that of road rage. Now, we're not doing this podcast on anger, but I like to point out that road rage typically is not actually an angry response. It's an anger to cover something else, that being fear. Picture yourself driving down the highway, and if you're going a uh, high rate of speed in a very heavy automobile, and some other highly speeding automobile uh, that also weighs a great deal, cuts you off and slams on its brakes, oftentimes what we'll say is, I got pissed, or I got upset, or I got angry at that person. Well, really, limbically, what you're actually probably experiencing is Fear. You're scared of what's going to happen because there's a real threat present if an automobile cuts you off and slams on its brakes at a high rate of speed, forcing you to slam on your brakes because the danger is to you and the rest of your passengers in your vehicle. You might actually get hurt or even die if that happens. But if we're not good at tolerating and recognizing the fear, say pump the brakes, let the car go by, check your passengers. Ride through that wave of three to nine seconds in your brain and then uh, say, hey, everybody, we're, we're good, we're safe, we're going to keep traveling, uh, we're going to get off at our next destination exit or whatever, and uh, let it go. If you're not good at doing that, you might inadvertently jump out of that emotion and either mask it with something else like anger or or contempt, or you might actually just uh, ignore it altogether and say, no, 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 I'm tough. I don't get scared. That didn't scare me. When really your limbic system is running and pumping all these chemicals saying, yes, idiot, you were scared. Don't ignore this. This is important. You have to take measures to protect yourself when you're scared because there's something threatening. These days... Outside of the example I just gave, or maybe, uh, you know, the the nebulous threat of uh, terrorism that's always lurking in everybody's consciousness, there isn't really too much to be afraid of in industrialized societies in 2017. So what is it that's driving this anxiety? Well, oftentimes it's a fear that ideas are under attack, and if we've been so closely married to our ideas that we can't separate who we are from what we think— then when an idea gets attacked, it's almost like we ourselves are being attacked. And that can certainly provoke fear. But it's not a real threat to person. It's a threat to belief. And and that's okay. We can, we can talk loosely about beliefs and hold them loosely. And I'll save that for another episode. The other thing that could be triggering fear, it, so much that it rises to anxiety, is not knowing. Just simply being uncertain about something. So we're surrounded by uncertainty every day. No one knows for sure mm, anything, really. Because everything has yet to unfold. And for people who are not at peace with that mystery, who pe- people who cannot embrace not knowing and be okay with it, they will often get stuck in a fear about that which they are, don't know. And let's face it, most of life we don't know anything about. So if you've made it this far, you could probably make it tomorrow and you could make it through your graduation and you can make it to you know whatever next is laying around the corner, even though you're not certain of it, even though there isn't a blueprint laid out. We all like to have the sense of security that comes with knowing things and being certain. But ultimately, uncertainty surrounds us everywhere we look. And that is another type of fear that is rooted in not knowing. So if we like to cling to something, that gives us a sense of confidence. Being empty-handed and not being able to cling to anything can absolutely provoke fear. Sometimes people hold on to their beliefs and their ideas so tightly that they can no longer distinguish who they are from what they think. And we'll do another podcast about that down the road. But for now, the idea is that if you cling to some belief that gives you a sense of peace and it gets attacked, and you're not able to ride through that confidently, say, you know what, that's fine. Other people have different beliefs, and I have mine. Then that fear can tend to overwhelm you. But again, if you feel that defensiveness, if you feel that fear, that fight or flight creeping up, then I invite you to take a pause, pull back just a minute, and examine that and say, Am I really being attacked? Am I worried about something that maybe doesn't need worry? Is this under my control or is it just something I wish was under my control? That invites a sense of peace that comes with being able to embrace mystery and then you can let go of the fear. It's not that the fear doesn't exist. It definitely exists. It just may not be legitimate and need responding to in the way that the brain is intending for us to do. So... Again, this isn't supposed to be a substitute for therapy. It's not supposed to be a deep, in-depth uh, you know, exploration of emotions. It's just an encapsulation of something that has been written many, many, many times over by many neurologists and psychologists and sociologists. And I'm just trying to give you a little bit of a scratching of the surface here so that it can pique your interest and maybe uh, drive you to ask more questions about yourself, improve your insight. I have a fundamental belief that in the counseling that I do, It's all about awareness. I think that people are ultimately trying to find happiness in their lives. And the best way you get happy is to get what you want. And the best way you get what you want is to increase your options. The best way to increase your options is increase your awareness. So if I can do that by some some educating through this medium, then uh, then that's awesome. And maybe you can look a little bit deeper into your own self and, and know why you do what you do. And thus improve your awareness, improve your options, and then get a little bit closer to getting what you actually want out of life. If this has stirred something with you, and, uh, I, I always like to throw out some, some websites that you can go to. AAMFT.org, NBCC.org psychology mind.org.uk sane.org.uk and of course zephyrwellness.org you can check out all that stuff you can go to the zephyr wellness youtube channel and of course as i said uh you know please write in info at naganotes.com info at zephyrwellness.com i'll make sure to get your comments and your questions and address them on uh, on the podcast uh, the next time i get a moment and we'll uh, we'll look at that listener mail In the meantime, please give us a rating and review on iTunes and invite your friends to follow along. As always, for my partners at Noggin Notes and at Zephyr Wellness, my name is Jake Wiskirchen and I wish you great mental health. Thanks.